0: Our prayer is that you are encouraged by the message you hear today and fall more in love with Jesus and others. Thanks for listening. About what's happening. So, Jesus has just kind of done a bunch of stuff, and now we're picking up in this one kind of new section of of Jesus' miracles and and what he's doing, all right? So, Jesus has just done some stuff. He's gotten in a boat. He's traveled with his disciples, and they've come upon a shore of kind of another village and another town. And so, Mark chapter 6, verse 34, says this. When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd. And he had compassion on them because they were like sheep, but without a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. So I want to I want to chat today about that word compassion in Mark chapter six. And that's why, like, we're doing this new sermon series called um, Moved with Love for the City. And, and just kind of what it, what it means, what it looks like to have a love for the city, to have a love for our city, for Fredericksburg. But those, those first words, moved with love for the city. And so when we first were doing this sermon series, it was just called love for the city. And then the Lord revealed this verse to me. I was like, no, no, no. It's really about being moved with love for the city because that's what happened to Jesus right here. And that word compassion literally means to be moved. All right. So it doesn't mean like sympathy. A lot of times we, sometimes we like compare compassion with sympathy, like uh, where we would say, Um, Sympathy is kind of like if something bad happens and you go, aw, right? That's sympathy, all right? Compassion actually moves you, like it's this movement. So uh, we ask this question in my community group uh, sometimes, like when we do icebreakers, and it's one of my favorite questions, uh, but the question is this, what is the last movie that you cried at? Do you guys remember the last movie that you cried at? Really? You guys remember? You guys cry at movies? You're a crier in movies, like a lot of them. This is my favorite crying moment, and uh, Mark, I'm really sad that Emma's not here today, Um, but because she's not, I can talk about her, and uh, so Emma is one of my favorite people, and uh, and so this was a long time ago. Like, gosh, this had to have been like almost 10 years ago, and uh, we were hanging out together, and um, it was me, and Mark and Emma. Robin, were you there? I don't think you were there. I don't know. Anyway, maybe you were there anyway. Anyway, so we, we were all there. It was dark. The theater was dark. All right, I don't know who was there. So we, we go, and uh, and this was when like a lot of the, uh, you know, superhero movies were coming out, and so we went to watch the first Captain America, all right? Like, I'm a big Cap fan. Like, I love Captain America, and so we're there hanging out, but I didn't know that I was with people who actually loved Captain America, like, like even more than than me. Like, I didn't really, I thought I loved Captain America. I appreciated Captain America, all right? And so, like, I'm sitting here in this theater, and, uh, and it was, and I don't remember much, but I know it was me, and Emma was sitting next to me, and uh and mark maybe robin was somewhere in the theater okay so we're sitting <laughs> i'm just playing with robin okay so we're sitting there and uh and we're watching and we're watching this it's intense right there's captain america and the shield and the guy and the boy and there's all this stuff going on i'm just like yeah yeah i'm eating popcorn I'm like it's so good the captain america i mean it's just brilliant cinema like i'm just loving it i'm thinking it's so good and then we start getting towards the end you know and things are getting a little quiet and kind of dying down and i was like oh what a good movie you know we're like in the last five minutes all of a sudden i I'm eating my popcorn, out hear, and I'm like, oh, Emma must have a cold, and I'm just like eating my popcorn, you know, and then all of a sudden, like, I, I hear, <laughs> I'm like, oh, my gosh, is she okay? Like, so I look over, and her, her head is buried in her hands, and I'm like, oh, maybe, oh, bless her, she's got like a headache or something, so I, like, look over, and I go, are you okay? And, uh, and she's like, leave me alone. And I'm like, oh my gosh, okay. And I was like watching, and she just keeps saying. And I look, I go, wait a minute, wait, wait a minute. Are you crying in Captain America? And she's like, oh yeah. I mean, she's like bawling, like tears are streaming from her face. Like I just had never experienced that before. Until I look over, even Mark has a tear <laughs> flowing down his cheek. And I'm like, who are these people? And it uh, just gave me a greater appreciation, Robin, for the things you put up with and uh, the things you deal with. But I don't know. Like, the last movie, you know, like, um, I don't know if there's really a movie. I was trying to think of movies that, like, I've cried at. I can't really think of it. Uh, my only question is like, does the World Series count, you know? Because that's probably the last time I've, like, watched something and cried. Uh, is, yeah, huh? Oh, it was a long movie. It's like a seven day movie. It's really awesome. And then I then I remembered it was uh for me it was Toy Story Three. You guys remember Toy Story Three? It came out and the part where they're like going down into the I don't even want to talk about it, but they're going into the furnace and they're all holding hands and this is it, and all I could think of is this is the ending of my childhood. This is how my, this is how innocence ends right here in Toy Story 3. But, um, you know, like these things, these movies, they have a way of moving us, right? They have a way of like stirring something up inside of us that causes us to feel all of this emotion, um, and then we we just kind of lose it, like we're moved to tears. And that's what the word compassion means, all right? That's what, like when Jesus says, when it says here in uh, chapter 6, verse 34 of Mark, when he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion on them, what it literally means is... Something inside of him was moving like that word compassion uh, is really coming from a Hebrew word compassion, which is like when it talks about how our God is a compassionate God and he is full of compassion and that word compassion like in the Hebrew literally means like like your stomach turns. Like, it literally means, like, you know, if you were sitting here and your stomach turned, you'd be like, I got to get up. Like, you would, it would move you, like, you would go, and that's that word compassion. Jesus gets off the boat, and it's not like he sees a big crowd and goes, oh, look at the poor people, you know? Like, that's not him. He gets out and sees the crowd, and he's like, oh, like, something in him moves, and he's like, I feel sick. Like, Just looking at these people, looking at their condition, looking at their brokenness, the way they're feeling, like, I just can't, like, it it just... Oh, like, it's do, it does something to me. Like, we can't just sit here. We can't just get back in the boat. Like, we can't just, I can't just come here and teach. Like, like I moved. I can't just get out of the boat and go have lunch. Like, like I am moved. Like, something inside of me is stirring. And, and guys, that's, that's the type of compassion that Jesus has for you. That's the type of compassion Jesus has for me. And that's the type of compassion Jesus has for Fredericksburg, Virginia. Like, he looks out. But listen, what was it that made him have compassion? He says this, they looked like sheep without a shepherd. Now, sometimes there's these, this Christianese word, all right, this word that sometimes we use in churchy language and circles that if you're new to church, like, you may not understand or you might even be really offended by, but this is where this word comes from, is uh, it was sometimes we'll say if someone doesn't know Jesus, they are lost, Right, have you guys, some of you heard that before? But that's like the spiritual term, as you would say, sometimes we say like we want to pray for the lost, or we want to love the lost, and what we're meaning spiritually is people who are like sheep, but they don't have a shepherd, and what Jesus is saying is they look lost, they look directionless, they look scared, they look terrified, They look like they don't know where their next meal is going to come from. Like this is all the things that Jesus is noticing about them as soon as he comes to shore. And guys, isn't so much of our world like that right now? Like, there are a lot of scared people in our world right now. There are a lot of people who feel directionless. And maybe we don't like the word lost, but man, they go, I don't know what my future holds. I don't know if I like my job. I don't know if I want to stay in my job. I don't even know what job I want. I don't know if I want to go to school. I don't know what I want to major in. I don't know. Like, we just feel this directionless, this anxiety, this angst. And I feel like if Jesus pulled up on the Rappahannock River, First of all, I think he would have some questions for us um, about the Rappahannock, but then he would get out, all right, and uh, he'd probably have to drag his boat along the Rappahannock for a while, but he'd get out and come out, and I think he would look at Fredericksburg with some of the same compassion and be moved and go, man, there are so many people in this city who just remind me of, like, what sheep look like when they lose their shepherd. They, they're scared, they're lost, they're lonely, they're broken, they're disconnected from from each other and from the family. There's this division and all this stuff that's sown, there's all this stuff that happens. And so this is what Jesus did. Um, and, And you know, like, this is what life without Jesus is like. Like, life without Jesus is lostness. Like, life without Jesus is like walking around as a sheep, skittish, scared, and full of anxiety, but having no shepherd at the end of the day to look up to and say, oh good, the shepherd's still here. I know we're safe. Living without Jesus is like living without that. And guys, there's there's a lot of people, statistics would say in the Fredericksburg area, several hundred thousand people just in our vicinity. And then you count the D.C. area that's just north of us, and it's another seven million people that are all looking kind of like sheep without a shepherd. So Jesus didn't do this. He didn't get out of the boat and just pat his heart and go, oh, my babies. Well, guys, let's get back in the boat. I'm glad I saw this village. We got other places to go. Jesus didn't do that. He was moved. You know what he did? He was moved inwardly, that whole compassion movement thing, but it moved him outwardly too. See, inward movement of compassion always moves us to outward action. See, inward compassion always moves us to outward action, and so what happened was it says Jesus got out of the boat. Like, he could have just stopped and said, oh, that's kind of weird, and just keep on going. He could have just gotten in the boat and said, you know, guys, I'm not feeling like we should get out. Let's just pray for them from inside of the boat. Like, let's just stay in the boat. Let's pray for them. You know what? Some people, some of you even holy, you guys fast as well. But we're going to stay right here in the boat because I'm not sure what awaits us out there. Jesus is so moved with inward compassion, it leads him to outward action. And he gets out of the boat. And you know what he begins doing? Teaching them. He begins giving them the words of life. So um, if you have your Bibles... I want you to come with me today uh, to the book of Luke. Um, it's the next book over, Luke chapter 18. And, uh, and so as we talk about being moved with compassion, those are the three areas, right, that we want to be moved to. Intercession, investment, and, uh, and invitation. And so we want to ask ourselves: like, if we are going to be moved with compassion, we are going to be a church that intercedes. We are going to be a church that invests, and we are going to be a church that invites. Like, this is who we will be if we are moved with inward compassion that leads us to outward action. So, I want to read to you a story today from the Bible that Jesus Himself told in Luke chapter eighteen, starting in verse one, to introduce intercession. So, here's the deal: if you're going, Brandon, why do you keep using the word intercession? Um, Listen, another. Another word you could just use is prayer, okay? Um, You could just use prayer. So if you're taking notes, you just write down intercession equals prayer, but it's not just prayer. It is prayer that stands in the gap for someone else, okay? Intercession is prayer that stands in the gap for someone else. For example, uh, man, when I was little, and I didn't know Jesus, and my family life was crazy, I have no doubt that my grandfather interceded for me. Like, I wasn't praying for myself. I wasn't like, you know, every day like getting on my knees saying, Lord, I need this, and I need this, and I need this. I didn't know what to pray for. So my grandfather, like I would often listen in the mornings getting ready for school and would hear him praying for me because he knew what I needed. He knew what to pray for. So he was standing in the gap for me, praying for me when I did not know how to pray for myself. Guys, that's intercession. That's what intercessory prayer is. It is prayers that stand in the gap for somebody else who can't pray, okay? Um, So let's read a story that Jesus tells us to teach us about intercessory prayer. Luke chapter 18, starting in verse 1. If you're there, say, I'm there. Awesome. You guys aren't even angry about it. Here we go. Luke chapter 18, verse 1. And Jesus told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. So if you're taking notes, I want you to underline that part, okay, that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. That tells us the point of this parable, okay? So we don't have to, parables are tricky because they're stories, and I could get up and try to make it mean whatever I wanted it to mean, but I want you to know what Jesus meant for it to mean, and so Jesus meant for it to mean that they ought to always pray and not lose heart, All right. That's the point of it. All right. Verse two, Jesus said, here we go. Story time. In a certain city, there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected man. Boo. And there was a widow in that city who, widow just means a woman whose husband has passed away, usually the poorest in society. there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him and saying, give me justice against my adversary. Well, for a while he refused, but afterward he said to himself, you know, though I neither fear God nor even respect man, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will give her justice so that she will not beat me down with her continual coming. Like, man, I'm a father of three kids. Like, I feel that, you know. All right, verse (laughs) 6. And the Lord said, hear what the unrighteous judge says. And will not God give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night? Come on. Will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? This is the word of the Lord. In intercessory prayer, I just want to kind of use this story to tell you a few things about intercessory prayer. So I want to encourage you to take notes during this time because uh, in just a minute, we're going to have some time where we're going to actually practice as a church intercessory prayer, but you may want some time this week. And so you may not understand or grasp everything right now, so write it down so that later this week you can go back to it, all right? So let me tell you a few things about intercessory prayer. Number one, if you're taking notes, write this down. Intercessory prayer never gives up. It never gives up. And this is what, this is what Jesus taught right here, right? He says, listen, like, like, this is why you should ought to always pray and never lose heart. Like, like Jesus is saying, like, I want to tell you this story because I don't want you to stop praying. But man, we're all guilty of that, aren't we? Like, we're all guilty of praying for something and praying for something. Then we get a little discouraged when God doesn't start giving it to us. And, uh, and if you're like me here, maybe you're guilty too of just after a while when God doesn't give it to you, you just kind of stop praying for it. Like, and you just kind of get to this point. It's not that you don't care because you still care, but you just get to a point of going, eh, whatever God wants to do, he'll do, but I'm, I'm kind of done, right? And, uh, and so Jesus tells us this to say, listen, intercessory prayer, when we're standing in the gap praying for someone else, we cannot give up. And this is what I hear Jesus saying. Like, if Jesus was here and he was telling us this story, I think what he would say is, hey, brother, sister, that prayer that you put down, That prayer that you've been praying for that family member, for that spouse, for your kids, for your friends, for yourself. Like that prayer that you've been praying that you got discouraged and you put down. Jesus is looking at us today going, I'd pick that back up. I'd pick it back up. Because, man, with Jesus, it's never done till it's done, right? Like Jesus knows and sometimes the reason he takes a while to, to, for us to pray about it is not because he's just up there going, tell me more, tell me more. Like it's because Jesus is building our faith. He's Like at the end, Jesus looks and says, but on earth, is he going to find anybody that has faith? Like, and and so we look at that and go, man, maybe Jesus is holding out because he's got a perfect timing, not because he doesn't care, not because he doesn't love us, but to say, man, like church, pick it back up. It's too important. Do not give up on that person. Do not give up on that dream. Do not give up on what God has planted inside of you. Sometimes it takes a while to get some growth going. Right, but Jesus looks at us and says, "Pick it back up." Because listen, it's not about getting the answer that you want. It's about having the relationship with God. Like it is not about we we don't just keep praying so that He'll give us what we want. Right? We keep praying because we want that relationship with our heavenly Father. Because we we keep praying because we can. See, listen. This is what I love. Like the widow went to the one person who she knew could do something about her problem. Like the widow, she had a problem. She needed justice over her adversary. You know what she didn't do? She didn't run to Facebook. Like she didn't hop on Facebook and be like, you know, one-star review. I hate you. Like she didn't start doing all that. Like the widow, she she didn't just like hop over to her BFF's house and be like, man, can you believe my adversary? They stink, man. I hate them. And just start gossiping and talking. She didn't do that. Where did the widow show up? At the house of the one person who could do something about her problem. And guys, that's what intercessory prayer does. It says, I'm going to bypass all the drama and go straight to the judge. That's what intercessory prayer does. Says, I'm going to bypass the complaining. I'm going to bypass sitting around going, man, our city's so dark, or people are so mean, or this place is crazy, or the traffic's horrible. Like, I'm going to go around all the complaining and drama. I'm going to just go knock on the judge's door and say, hey, hey, I got a problem, and you're the only one who can help me. And I'm going to just keep knocking because I know he's in there. And I'm going to keep showing up because intercessory prayer never gives up. We don't lose heart. Here's the second thing intercessory prayer does. Number two, if you're taking notes, write this down. Intercessory prayer seeks justice. It seeks justice. Now, the justice the widow was seeking was justice over her adversary. And so I just felt led today to remind you and to remind me that we have an adversary, like there's an enemy. And I know it's weird to talk about spiritual things, and sometimes we may not understand this might be your first time to church in a while, but you don't need me, whether you're a Christian or not, to tell you that some days it just feels like something or someone is against you. Have you ever felt that way before? Like some days I just wake up and I'm like, seriously? Like you're not even subtle. Like this is crazy. Like it's just coming at us. And church, listen to me, especially if you're a follower of Jesus here this morning, I want you to hear me say this. You may not want to talk about it. You may not even like it, but you have an enemy. You have an adversary. Now, listen, we don't worry about the enemy or the adversary because greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. So we don't have to pay him any attention, all right? But we do need to call a spade a spade. And when things crazy are happening in our life that we go, you know, this is a little more dark than normal. This is a little crazier than usual. This is not routine. This seems a little crazy. It might just be your enemy. And when that happens, intercessory prayer allows us to seek justice over the enemy. Because here's the deal. This human judge could not give the widow perfect justice. I cannot give my children perfect justice. I'm always, especially with three of them, I'm always messing something up. Right? There's always one of them mad at me. That's like the way way it works. You just can't can't always get it right. And practicing justice in our culture as fallen, imperfect people is just like that. You're always going to make somebody upset. There is one who can practice perfect justice, and it is the Lord Jesus Christ. He is perfect in all of his ways. He is always righteous. Not a single thing he does is out of line with the rest of the way the universe works. Everything he does is perfect. And guys, the reason we intercede is because we got to go straight to the judge who can fight our battles for us. And I just want to encourage you today, if you feel like you're going through it, if you feel like the enemy has had a playground on your heart, if you feel like you're discouraged and upset, listen, I'm just here to tell you, like, let's run to Jesus together today. Because Jesus stands in the gap for us and says, man, I can defeat the enemy. Like, like, I feel like sometimes Jesus is in the boat looking at us, going through our stuff, and he is moved with great compassion. And it is time for us to beat his door down. Not because he's in the back lacking compassion, but because he is looking for people on the earth who have faith in him. Here's the third thing intercessory prayer does. Intercessory prayer gets God's attention. He gets his attention. <laughs> you know how often it said this widow went and knocked on this dude's door? Day and night. It says in verse 7, Jesus says, And will not God give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night? Like, this is, this is not something like intercessory prayer. Guys, we've got to persevere through it. Intercessory prayer is not something we come to church, offer a prayer, and go live our lives. Intercessory prayer is intense. Intercessory prayer says, you know what, I'm going to do whatever I have to do fast, get some obstacles out of my life, go find a quiet space. I'm going to do whatever I have to do because day and night I am not giving up on this. Hey, let me ask you, what is waiting? What in your life or who in your life needs you to stand in the gap for them today? Who, who is it that, man, if you don't stand in the gap and day and night, you're not offering, beating the door down to Jesus, saying, Jesus, be with them, help them, do this for them, nobody else is going to. Who is it in your life? How many of you, man, you got coworkers, and you might be the only believer in your office, and if you're not praying for them, nobody else in the world is praying for them? How many of you have friends you go to school with that they're in your class, you know them, and if you're not praying for them, nobody is. Like, guys, this is important. Like, our prayers get God's attention, and it's not that he's unable, okay? It's not that he's up there going, hey, I was working in, you know, China. What are you doing pulling me over here for this, you know? And that's not how God works. God is omnipresent. He is fully capable of being everywhere all the time. But listen to me. God is looking for relationship. God is looking for faith. God is looking for those who who dwell in his presence. See, God's will is to act speedily. So we should not pray passively. It says right here, Jesus says, will he not answer speedily? Will he not answer speedily? And if Jesus, if God is ready to act speedily on our accounts, then why should we pray passively? Why should we offer something up every every couple of days when we think about it, man? Shouldn't we be praying actively? Here's the the last thing if you're taking notes about intercessory prayer. Intercessory prayer requires faith. It requires faith. I want you to imagine that God is up in heaven and he's been hearing prayers. He's been listening to people pray for Northern Virginia and Washington, D.C. and Fredericksburg. He's He's been hearing these prayers. I want you to imagine he has decided to act. He has decided, this is the time that I'm going to bring about an awakening and a revival to Fredericksburg in Northern Virginia. I'm in, and so he says, you know what? I'm going to start in Fredericksburg and work my way up north, and I'm going to just look on the earth until I find a church that is so full of faith that I know that I can use them to start this spark that'll go all throughout northern Virginia, reach our nation's capital, and ultimately wind up in all the nations around planet Earth. And let's say he started in Fredericksburg. And let's say somehow, way, he got caught glimpse of Impact Church, and he looked at Impact Church. Would he find faith? Like if that's what he was looking for, To start a spark to change the nations. To bring about life change to people's lives. If that's what God was looking for was faith, would he find it? I'm not asking, like, would he, you know, uh, check our website and check our vision statement and go, oh, that's a good vision. I'll stop by impact and see, you know. I'm not saying he's going to thumb through Constitution and bylaws. I'm not saying he's going to go check our Google reviews or Facebook page. Like, I'm just saying if he starts looking in the hearts of the people, is he going to find faith to start a movement of God? Guys, we can have a one-year celebration, we can throw down, we can have all the bounce houses in the world, (laughs) we can do as much as we want to, but let me tell you something, man, if we're lacking in faith, if we're praying passively, if we're not actively on our knees standing in the gap for a city who needs Jesus and doesn't even want Jesus, like, if we're not doing that, who is? Like, who's praying for Fredericksburg? Who's praying for Northern Virginia? Who's standing in the gap for your neighbor? Like who is interceding on behalf of these people who Jesus is mightily moved with compassion for? Who's standing in the gap? I want us to take a moment and just ask ourselves, man, if Jesus is looking for faith to start this thing, Man, is it time for me to muster up faith of a mustard seed and go pick up that prayer that I've stopped praying for a while? See, maybe that's what God wants you to do is you were praying for something for a long time and then COVID hit or something happened and you just put it down. And today God's saying, I know you might face disappointment and I know there might be some scars where that thing is, but I want you to trust me and I want you to get up even if you got to crawl and I want you to pick it back up today because we're not done. Maybe today is not something you've put down, but it's something God's been boiling inside of you, and you haven't even picked it up yet. And it's time today, something's been boiling in, and it's time for you to get serious about praying for this, about standing in the gap for this person, or for yourself, or for your family. And it's been boiling up, and today God is saying, take, just trust me. And see, so so many times, I just feel like there may even be somebody here today who says, I don't want to even pick it up because I don't want to be disappointed if God doesn't do it. And Jesus would look and say, where on earth will he find faith? Where on earth will he find someone who says, you know what? It's not about whether or not he does it. It's about the relationship, and he's calling me to pick it up, and I'm picking it up. Because if that's what he's looking for, he's not looking for, for all of the great programs. He's not looking for all the huge crowds. Jesus is looking for faith. He's looking on the earth for those who believe in him and trust in him. So we're going to take a minute, um, Wes, I'm going to invite you to come back up and um, I'm going to invite uh, some friends up here today. Um, Franklin, uh, would you come up and Victor, would you come up with me? And what we're going to do, I told you guys last week um, that uh, leading up to our one year, I just felt like God said it's time to get weird, like <laughs> just for a few weeks, like let's just pray, you know. And uh, and isn't that weird that sometimes we come to church and we say we're going to pray for a while and we have to say that's kind of weird? Like, if you can't pray for a while at church, like, what are we doing? You know, like, and so we're just going to take some time and we're going to take time and pray today. So here's what's going to happen. Wes is just going to kind of play over us for a little bit and um, uh, Victor and Franklin are going to take some time and just lead us in times of prayer. And this is going to be intercessory prayer. So we're going to pray for two main things. And um, Franklin, I'm going to ask you to start us. And Franklin's going to lead us in a time of prayer for those in our lives who are lost. Now, remember, I'm using that word not in a derogatory way, but in a biblical way. People who are living their lives like sheep without a shepherd and who Jesus would have great compassion on them. And so Franklin's going to. He's going to give us some things to pray for. He's going to say, hey, pray for this. And then he's going to read a scripture about it. And then we're going to take a few seconds and just pray for it. So here's what I need us to do. I need us to be like on the edge of our seats. I need us to take just a minute and not be distracted. And just lean in to the Lord and just take some time and pray today. So as Franklin leads us through, and then he's going to come back at the very end, and he'll pray over all of it at the end. But he's just going to tell you, pray for this, and then we're going to be quiet and let you pray. he's going to say, pray for this, and then we're going to be quiet and let you pray. And we're going to do that until the end, okay? And then Victor will come up and lead us in another prayer. So if you would, let's bow our heads and let's come meet with King Jesus. Heavenly Father, we ask that you be with our time here today. As we pray for those lost... In our lives, maybe even we're here today and we're lost. Lord, we just ask that you would hear our prayers today.
1: Romans 1.16 says, "For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jews first and also to the Greek." So as we pray, pray that uh, God will connect people that we know. Uh, to genuine believers in the gospel. As you're praying for these people, um, pray that, uh, that they get disconnected from ungodly influences. Uh, God convicts them of their sin and their need. Pray to soften their hearts to receive God's mercy. Pray that they receive salvation, a changed heart, and full of God's spirit. Uh, John 3:16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. I I thank you for today. Uh, Thank you for your mercy, your your love, your grace. Uh, Lord, I pray for all those uh, that were lifted up today, that you uh, hold them dear to your heart, as you always do, Lord, and that you touch their hearts and open up their hearts to you, Lord, um, that they may receive salvation and have a community with you, Lord. In your name I pray, Jesus.
2: Yeah, we're going to uh, now take a time to be praying for the city of Fredericksburg in northern Virginia. Um, Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14 says, If my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. So uh, let's take some time uh, to pray um, yeah, that uh, the Lord will pour out the Holy Spirit to bring revival to the church and an awakening to the city let's pray 122, verses 6 through 9. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they be secure who love you. Peace be within your walls and security within your towers. For my brothers and companions' sake, I will say, peace be within you. For the sake of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek your good. So let's pray for uh, God to bless our city, uh, to make it a safe place for, and a prosperous place for, uh, for us for uh, Christians uh, to worship and to serve Christ. pray for uh, um, open eyes of believers to uh, the Lord will open the eyes of believers to have love and compassion uh, for those who don't know Jesus yet Romans chapter 10 verse 1 brothers my heart's desire and prayer to God for them is that they may be saved so uh, let's uh yeah take time some time to pray for those who, who need them us pray. Um, uh, uh, it's a prayer of uh, rebuking of uh, satanic influences uh, that have control over the city of Fredericksburg and uh, Lord, that the Lord will replace enemy strongholds uh, with, uh, with a gospel presence. lastly let's pray um, uh, for uh, unity in the church along ethnic racial and economic Father, uh, we praise your name, God. Uh, We thank you, Lord, for this time to pray to you, God. Thank you, Lord, that, um, Lord, you've given us uh, your ear uh, in this time to pray to you, Lord. Thank you, Father, that you are mighty. Lord, you're mighty to save each of us, and you're mighty to save many more uh, to come, God. Uh, Lord, we uh, just pray over the city, God. I pray over um, the lost and, and dark and hopeless places father god we pray lord that you will uh lord you'll move your church uh your hands and your feet uh to uh, go into those places lord uh thinking about um just how we've been saved lord and i pray father that you will uh, move your church and i pray father uh for your church to be used to transform this city god i pray father for the falling of um the strongholds that the enemy has a strong grip on or seemingly does father and i pray lord that those will be um broken down father god i pray lord that you will bind satan uh in these places and lord that you will uh show your your presence uh very strong and very uh surely um in these in these places in their place god and uh father i pray lord that uh lord you will give each of us here in this room uh compassion uh for at least one person lord who uh, we think that uh Lord uh, are just hopeless Father and I pray God that you will uh, give us a strong uh, supernatural desire to uh, intercede for them Lord and to stand in the gap for them Lord and to keep them from their march toward death Lord God and uh, Father I pray Lord that you will uh, just give us an urgency uh, for their for these people's lives Lord and uh, reminding us all the time Lord of, of Lord how you saved us from similarly uh, just hopeless situations God and uh, Father I pray Lord that uh, Lord, you would just uh, bring a, a spirit of unity in this church, Father, for the people starting in this room. God, uh, Lord, that we will see ourselves first and foremost as your sons and daughters, Lord, as co-heirs with Jesus Christ, and Father, that you will, uh, Lord, help that to strengthen us, God, that you help us to bind us, bond us together, uh, even through um, differences, even through this. Um, uh, arguments and things of that nature lord i pray father that you will show lord that your uh, uh our, our our bond uh, to you first and foremost uh, is stronger than all those things so lord i pray father that you will uh father remind us of that and to move us to uh, be united and to be um effective and to uh, go out in this city father i pray your blessing over fredericksburg and over northern virginia god i pray lord that you will uh father just show uh yourself and uh, let your presence be shown. And Lord, uh, just thank you once again. We pray these in your
0: son Jesus name. Amen. 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 Hi, Pastor Brandon here. Thanks again for listening to our Impact Church sermon podcast. If God has spoken to you today or you have a prayer request you'd like to share, please email us at hello at impactfxbg.church. If you're local to the Fredericksburg area, we would love to see you for worship in person. But if not, please let us know if we can help you find a gospel-centered church right where you're at. Feel free to connect with us on Facebook or Instagram and on our website, www.impactfxbg.church. Until next time, keep living the dream.